I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the host, the Bear of Texas, reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, today I am flying solo once again, but you know what? I am very excited just to bring you a hell of another show. So let's get right to it. Well, somehow, someway, my Dallas Cowboys managed to defeat the Minnesota Vikings on the road, and they managed to do it in the fourth quarter. And somehow at the end, the Cowboys were able to make a clutch stop big time. I'm going to be honest, folks. If y'all have been listening to the show, you heard me correctly. A few weeks ago, I predicted that Dallas would not win another game this season and they would, in fact, finish out the season 2-14. Now, a dude named Josh Kirby, who was on my show a couple weeks ago, who's a keen follower of this show, he asked me what do I have to say about it. I said, well, I'm definitely eating my words, but you know what? It is what it is. The Cowboys picked up a big win. So I guess there's a little bit of pride for me. I mean, and they picked up a win going, you know, right before their game on Thanksgiving against the Washington football team. So there's pride for me, there's pride for the team, and, and they've got some momentum going into Thanksgiving as, again, they'll be playing the Washington football team. To be honest, if you heard the last episode, during which I previewed the game with my good friend and mentor Steve Adams, who, by the way, is a huge fan of the Minnesota Vikings, I can only imagine how... Disappointing he must have felt at, uh, at the end of the game, but I'm not, I don't want to get into that. But I was really hoping Dallas would lose because, you know, I've been kind of fixated on the obsession that I want Dallas to have a top five draft pick. This win does kind of drop them. I mean, I think it drops them out of the top five, honestly, but we'll have to wait and see. But there's a lot of things going on. I mean, right now, the NFC East is so bad. I mean, honestly, I shouldn't even call it the NFC East, should I? I should, I should just call it the way it is. The NFC least. <laughs> but anyway, there is, from what I understand, there is a freaking tie. And this is not just any freaking tie. Okay. This is a tie for fourth place. The Eagles are currently on top. 3-6-1. They just lost to the Cleveland Browns. The New York Giants are 3-7. and seven, As well as the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Washington football team is coming off a win against Cincinnati, and unfortunately, uh, the, the the horrible memory from that game is the Joe Burrow getting injured. That's at least two quarterbacks this Washington football team defense has taken out this year. But basically, this Thursday on Thanksgiving, if Dallas manages to win, Dallas can jump to first place. It could be it could be brief because you know this Sunday there'll be the other football games as well, but. It's just so embarrassing that the NFC least is just so horrible. <laughs> Every team has three wins right now. Right now, the Eagles are, are on a two-game losing streak. The Giants have won two straight. And both Washington and Dallas are each on a one-game winning streak. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I mean, this is just absolutely humiliating. I mean, Dallas has allowed 318 points this season so far. I mean, they're, they're on the... I think I should call it like it is. They're going to allow the most points ever in a freaking season. I mean, this Cowboys defense is just absolutely terrible. I mean, they did, in fact, get destroyed by Kirk Cousins. Now, while Dallas got lucky enough to win the game, 
Kirk Cousins did, in fact, have his way against the Cowboys. Let me take a look right here. Kirk Cousins, 22 for 30, 314 yards, three touchdowns. See, I said in the preview of this game, Dallas is going to have to force some turnovers. And I said, specifically, they're going to have to sack Kirk Cousins, force some, get some fumbles, you know, get interceptions and whatnot. That's the key to victory. And Dallas actually did do that. They did, in fact, do that. They forced at least two turnovers, okay, First, Kirk Cousins to cough it up, and then it was Dalvin Cook who coughed it up. And Dallas was able to actually put some points on the board from those turnovers. So, I got that prediction correctly. Well, I should say that was a key victory that was, in fact, accurate. So, Dallas was able to force some turnovers and take advantage of it. But despite that, Minnesota, not surprisingly, was still in the game. Because Minnesota's pretty freaking good. I mean, I know the record now they're 4-6. and six. But, you know, Kirk Cousins, I've said this for a long time. I know everybody likes to pick on Kirk Cousins. A lot of, you know, he's always, you know, the center of jokes and whatnot and and a center of ridicule and whatnot. But I've said this for a long time. Kirk Cousins has a hell of a throwing arm. He can throw the football. There's no point of denying that. And I was pretty certain that he was going to have a good game against Dallas. I mean, last year, when the, the Vikings were in Arlington to take on the Cowboys, the Vikings' offense with the screen plays, the rushing game, I mean, they just obliterated Dallas' defense. And going into this game, I feared that the same would happen. Now, in a sense, it did happen. Like I didn't actually watch the game, folks. I was uh, listening to it on the radio. But based on the highlights that I've seen, there were many uh, screen plays that Minnesota would uh, take on, and they worked. And the running game, Dalvin Cook had 115 yards, scored once, you know, on 27 carries. That's, that's what I feared would happen, okay? And I was pretty certain that Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, I mean, they would have good games. I mean, Adam Thielen scored twice, you know, had that amazing one-handed catch, although CeeDee Lamb would, would go on to uh, have a spectacular catch on his own, and we'll get to that soon. But the bottom line is I knew that the Minnesota Vikings offense would, in fact, really obliterate Dallas' defense, and they did, but somehow Dallas was able to get the stops at the necessary times, and that's what allowed them to win the game, especially at the end. Now, I was listening to that game. I thought that, now, on the, on the final play, which ended the game, I thought that Xavier Woods had intercepted it, and then there was a flag on the play, but it turns out, it turns out it wasn't actually a flag. It was because, as far from what the announcers have said, Adam Thielen had a, his cleats were yellow, and apparently he lost his shoe on the play, and the announcers thought it was a flag, but it turned out to not to be a flag. And that really, I can honestly say, ladies and gentlemen, in that particular scenario, I was really breathing a sigh of relief because I figured, there we go, Dallas makes supposedly a game-winning clutch stop on defense. And of course, there's a flag on the play. There goes the momentum killer. There goes the win for Dallas. But somehow, that did not happen. And I can honestly say, God, it feels good. And I'm breathing, I'm, I'm breathing that same sigh of relief right now, folks. I kid you not. Now, let's go ahead and talk about the Cowboys' offense now. Andy Dalton started this game. Now, all week, now, see, I wrote an article earlier last week that Garrett Gilbert should, in fact, be the starter. Now, I, I also said this during the preview with Steve. I have nothing against Andy Dalton. I have a lot of respect for the guy. He's a fellow Texan just like I am. He went to Texas Christian University, which is not far from where I grew up. I did, in fact, watch him play college football at Texas Christian University. He was a hell of a player. But 
I felt like, you know what, it's not fair for Garrett Gilbert because Garrett Gilbert did, in fact, play great against Pittsburgh. He nearly took us to a win. Unfortunately, it did not happen. But at the same time, after thinking about this, it's probably unfair to Andy Dolan because Andy Dolan got hurt and whatnot, but sometimes it is what it is. If a guy gets hurt and the next guy who steps up does great, then you, you got to stick with that guy. But the bottom line is I doubted Andy Dalton, and Andy, Dal- Andy Dalton made me pay for it. I mean, honestly, I'm proud of it because, you know, it's never really a good thing to doubt somebody and then they prove you wrong. But you know what? I'm a man of my word. I said, I told Steve, if Andy Dalton has a good game, I will come here today when I recap this game and I will admit that I am that I was wrong. I am doing that because, folks, honestly, I'm a sports journalist. There's no point of just, you know, first of all, there's not, there's no, there's nothing wrong with admitting that you were wrong. Okay, I, I made a, I just made a prediction that turned out to be untrue or a statement that just turned out to be, you know, inaccurate. Or the bottom line is I was proven wrong. So, because Andy Dalton, while, you know, 22 for 32, 203 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Now, that is quite respectable. I mean, the three touchdowns, that's amazing. I'm impressed. I really am. And let me take it up a notch. Ezekiel Elliott finally had his first 100-yard game of the season. 21 carries for for 103 yards. And as far as Zeke Elliott goes also, well... He did, in fact, do something I love watching him do, aside from having huge running games. He caught a pass for a touchdown on a screen play. Now, folks, I, I, I can't explain exactly why I love seeing Ezekiel Elliott have huge plays on screen. It's because he can catch the ball and break free and have huge plays. Maybe that's it, but Zeke Elliott's just great with the screen plays. And you know what? If, 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 it, may, if it means getting a win, if it means driving up the field, I say keep doing it. <sighs> But let me go back to Andy Dalton. Now, I was honestly, I was worried about Andy Dalton. Okay, maybe that's why I didn't want him to start because he did, in fact, have a concussion. He was on the on the COVID-19 restricted list. And uh, and last week, you know, probably two days, uh, two days before the game, there was a story saying that he lost his sense of smell, his sense of taste. I was like, wow. If, if he's still suffering those side effects, then he's not 100%. Now, it sounds silly, folks. I know that, you know, does a quarterback really need to have his taste of smell and, t- and sense of taste to play a game? Well, look, from personal experience, you know, I, I've i had, you know, the flu, the you know, cold, and, and it's been to the point where I've lost those senses, and it, it's uncomfortable. It really is because you can't eat. You can't, even, you can't even enjoy a meal without being able to taste or smell the food. I mean, it's that's just the way it is. Maybe for some people it's different, but for me it's not, it's like that. But the bottom line is I feared that Din Dalton was not 100%, and you can't start a quarterback if he's not 100%. Even though Tony Romo did that a, a number of times, you know, back in his day, especially you know, 2011 with those injured ribs, you know, 2014 with the back and everything, but, but you know, at the end of the day, it does not matter. Andy Dalton was ready to go. He was cleared. He played well, and he won. He got his first win. Uh, he got his first starting win with the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm very impressed. Andy, if you're listening to this, by the way, I'm sorry I doubted you, but you know what? At the end of the day. I'm glad that you proved me wrong. I'm glad you made me eat my words. And Andy, all I can say is, keep up the good work, brother. Stay strong, brother. Oh, uh, the running game. Now, Tony, you know, I felt like this game, like, they're going to have to feed Zeke the ball. But at the same time, they're going to have to put Tony Pollard in. And Tony Pollard, you know, scoring on that 42-yard touchdown run. Correct me if I'm wrong, folks. You, you can, uh, on Twitter, if any of you who follow me on Twitter, if I get this wrong, feel free to let me know. Again, I really appreciate the support, and if there's anything I say wrong, just let me know. I believe that Tony Pollard's 42-yard touch, uh, 42-yard run, 
was the longest running play of the Dallas Cowboys this season. And I know that Zeke Elliott had a big one uh, against the Browns, but we all know that that ended up being a fumble, but it was still a long run. But that 42-yard touchdown run, absolutely beautiful. Now I want to talk about the receiving core. Amari Cooper, 6 catches, 81 yards, respectable. CeeDee Lamb, 4 catches, 34 yards, and had that spectacular touchdown, which, by the way, I'm like, how the hell did he catch it? Based on the highlights, I, f- I feel like if, if I had been watching the game, I would have feared that the referees would review the play and overturn it, saying it's incomplete, because Dallas has had bad luck in those kinds of scenarios in the past. But there was, it, it, was, it was all said and done. CeeDee Lamb scored. Absolutely spectacular. Unfortunately, Michael Gallup, this was just, it was a horrible game for him. Had two huge drops. He didn't, he, he apparently, he, unfortunately, he leads the league in drops this year. I believe he also did it last year. I really feel bad for Michael Gallup because I really have, I have a lot of respect for him. He is talented. I would always often say that he's the kind of dude who seems underrated rather than overrated. But some people probably say now that he's overrated, but I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say that Michael Gallup had a bad game. And it happens, and and my advice to him is, you know, just keep working on it. You'll get better. Just keep your head up, buddy. That's all I'm going to say. Now, now, watching, you know, I actually, uh, as I was working, I was doing a couple of deliveries, and I was picking up some products to deliver. I would go to a place that actually had a television, so I was able to watch a couple of the plays, and I was watching any, uh, Dalton Schultz scoring the game-winning touchdown. I was like, wow, absolutely unbelievable. I mean, he wide open. Nobody was there. Andy Dalton saw it, just tossed the ball to him, and the game, the rest was history. Now, I, I should mention, before the game, it was announced that Zach Martin would be moving positions. He would come into this game playing right tackle. I thought it was the coolest thing, uh, it was the coolest thing to do. I, I thought that, you know what, this actually could work. I mean, Zach Martin is super talented. I mean, he's been amazing since he arrived back in 2014. For those of you, let me give you guys a little nostalgic moment, or maybe I should just call it a, a little newsflash or a history lesson, I, I might say, that Zach Martin was the guy that they drafted when we all thought Johnny Mansell was coming for Dallas. The world, We were surprised to see that instead we got a guy named Zach Martin out of Notre Dame. Well, I was proud of that pick, and I still am today. Now, the offensive line really had so many struggles. And putting Martin at that, at that position, you know, going like that at, at, at the guard position, or excuse me, at, at the right tackle position, it, it was great because, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I heard this on 105.3 The Fan, that it was suggested to Mike McCarthy, but Mike McCarthy called it some fantasy football imaginary stuff. I mean, I don't recall exactly what Coach Mike McCarthy said, but Mike McCarthy, in his view, kind of was like saying, oh, screw that, or oh, that's silly, but perhaps Mike McCarthy decided, you know what, let's try it, why not? And it worked, so I would assume that Zach Martin is going to stay at that position for the rest of the season, and the running game could stay balanced, and hopefully, you know, against the Washington football team, Dallas can run the ball effectively and wear out that uh, that pretty obnoxious and tough Washington defense, but I'm going to pre- go ahead and start previewing the, that game pretty soon, but we'll get to that. We'll burn that bridge when we get to it, but... But I want to talk about the two forced fumbles that, that Dallas made. Absolutely spectacular. 
Now, I mean, I'm, I just have it's just it's 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 in my head right now. I mean, watching those plays is just amazing. I, if I'm correct, it was Don, Donovan Wilson is the guy that forced those two fumbles. Now, Demarcus Lawrence hit Kirk Cousins, and then from the replay, Donovan Wilson kind of came and kind of just took the ball from him. I can't exactly... I mean, I'm not sure... I, I don't know, really, if Kirk Cousins exactly coughed it up. All I know is Demarcus Lawrence, they both hit him. I mean, both uh, Demarcus Lawrence and Donovan Wilson both hit Kirk Cousins. Donovan Wilson did, in fact, get away with helmet-to-helmet. It was awfully close so, because, you know, I, I see that both uh, guys were registered, you know, half a sack each, so they shared it. But from what I understand is Donovan Wilson somehow came up with the ball that the play was under review. Actually, you know what? No, I take that back. It was under review because Mike McCarthy, I believe, challenged it. Yes, that's right. He challenged it. And it turned out to be great. The Cowboys recovered the ball, and they would score a touchdown and take the lead. But then, well, the fear started coming back to life. Cowboys defense then all of a sudden started getting torched, but you know we all since we all know how the game went, there's nothing to worry about really. So Dallas forced a fumble, forced a fumble, scored a touchdown. It was great. It was just great to see Dallas force a turnover and then score points off of it. Now that's the first one. Now the second one, wow! I mean, what a hit on Dalvin Cook. I mean, sometimes you, you can't really get on him for fumbling the ball. I mean, taking a hit like that. That, ladies and gentlemen, is painful. It is scary. Now, if you play football, obviously, if you, especially if you're, you're a running back and, and you're good with the screenplays, you got to expect that you're going to get hit hard. But sometimes you get hit a whole lot of hell harder than you expect. You never see it coming, and then boom, you cough up the ball. Now, the way the Cowboys recovered that ball was actually kind of funny. <laughs> it seemed like Demarcus Lawrence recovered it, but then all of a sudden you see Jalen Smith running around with it. I, I'm guessing that... Maybe Demarcus Lawrence recovered it, but then he, to- he might have tossed it to him. I don't know, but <laughs> the, whatever the case was, I, I, if I'm correct, you know the the referees placed the ball where Jalen Smith was taken down, and then the Cowboys took over and then put points on the board. Now, before that turnover, and I, and I really have to talk about this, folks. Before that turnover, the Cowboys could have scored another touchdown. It was a third and one. They attempted a deep a deep pass, which did not work. On fourth and one, they tried another pass, and that's even and that did not work. That was shades of how the game last year between Dallas and Minnesota ended. Two straight plays on a third and on, on, all you needed was like, well, on the, in this story it was third and one. The last time it was probably I think it was like a third and four, but anyway, it was it was a similar scenario. And I was like, guys, what the hell was that? Like, I was like, Kellen Moore, what the hell was that, dude? Come on, you, you should have just run the ball. It was it was all we needed was one yard, and we had two chances to do it. I get it. the running game sometimes. I mean, Z. Kelly could have been stuffed, but I felt like, you know what? We should have ran the ball. Should have. But we didn't. And then it was turnover on downs. Kirk Cousins has a huge play to Adam Thielen, I believe. And then, you know, and, and then Dalvin Cook had a couple of uh, decent runs. And then on that play, and then the Cowboys forced a turnover. And then, I mean, they, they, they only had one timeout when they, had that turn, when they got that fumble. And then they had to drive down the field. Amari Cooper had a huge catch. You know, they, you know there was six seconds left. They they only they had they needed one yard. They obviously could not run, risk running the ball because if if Zeke Elliott or Tony Pollard got stuffed, it would have been a wasted opportunity. So they complete a pass incomplete, and they decide you know to go for a field goal. And then Dallas has a sixteen to seven lead at halftime. Now I I I would have preferred if we got the touchdown 
going going to halftime with a twenty to seven lead rather than sixteen to seven. But you know what? At least we got points off the turnover. And what's even what's even better, and an even bigger sigh of relief, folks, is that after failing to go, after failing on that fourth down, you know, with those two passes that shouldn't have happened, the Cowboys forced a turnover and had another chance. So, but at the same time, still that that play calling on that in that particular scenario, that shouldn't have happened. But Kellen Moore was able to you know do things right for the rest of the game. The Cowboys did play great on offense. So I, in this game, like a lot of people probably won't like me saying this, but I think Kellen Moore does deserve a bit of credit for for the way that the Cowboys played today. I mean, this game was great. This might have been Dallas's best game all season. That's what you know. This was said to me by Wiley, aka the Venomous Tear, who's a who's my constant guest on this show. He described this game as Dallas's best game, hard earned. I mean, even Wiley himself was was very proud of this team, as I am. So and that's why I believe you know the Cowboys won as a team. Everybody did great. There were some mistakes here and there. You know, Chidobi Awuzie, you know, uh, came back. I believe he, he had been out since week two. I mean, he, he got torched on defense. I mean, like I said, Kirk Cousins just, you know, really tore this defense apart. And, and I feared he would because, it's like I said, put all the jokes aside about him. Kirk Cousins can throw the ball, and he's very good at it. But I'm proud to say, you know, Jalen Smith, you know, even had a sack of his own. And, you know, this Cowboys defense just really... They they really showed up, and they and they deserve this win. They really do. As far as Minnesota goes, well, I'm not sure what happened. Now I'm getting ready to. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and start previewing the Washington game. But before I get to that, was that like how Dallas came up clutch in the fourth quarter? Like they were already they were down twenty eight twenty four. You know they briefly had a twenty four twenty one lead, but. Kirk Cousins was able to respond, you know, throwing a 39-yard touchdown catch to uh, the rookie uh, Justin Jefferson out of uh, Louisiana State University. I was like, "Wow, this is probably this is probably ball game." You know, this Cowboys defense can't make a stop. Cowboys offense is going to be under pressure. They're not they're not going to be able to score again. Once again, I doubted the team, and now I'm eating my words and I feel sick. But you know what? It's a good thing. I don't care. I'm willing to go through that kind of hell just. Just the fact that I was proven wrong. So somehow Dallas forces a, a a punt and then they score. Okay. Now from what I heard on the radio, Dallas got away with interference probably twice on Adam Thielen, but the referees did not throw the flag. I mean, like I said, I, I did not watch the game. They were not shown on the highlights. But when Dallas, you know, was driving down the field, now okay, now th- here's the the final closing moment. I, I got the point. I got to prove as I fa- as I finish up the recap. On the scoring drive, there was once a third and twelve. Dallas had not ever converted on a, p- a play that was third, third or eleven or greater. And then it's fourth and six. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. It was fourth and six. Okay, Andy Dalton drops back and then completes the pass. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is right. Completed the pass on fourth and six to keep the drive alive, and just a few minutes, a few plays later, the Cowboys scored the game-winning touchdown and had a thirty-one to twenty-eight lead. That was a magical moment, right there, folks. Converting successfully on fourth and six because all season in that scenario, when the game was on the line, the Cowboys always failed to convert. And I feared, okay, if it's a, 
I was listening to it. I was driving. All right, they're going for it on fourth and of course, the game's on the line. They got to win. Of course, they're going to go for it. It's fourth and six. The only way to do it is, is, is a passing play. I felt like either Dalton's going to get sacked or the pass is going to be incomplete. So I hear the announcer say, Dalton throws, and then two seconds later, I expect to say incomplete, but no. The complete opposite happened. It was completed, and man, that felt good. And just like I said, a few, few minutes later, the Cowboys scored, and the rest is history. Congratulations, Cowboys. You guys deserve this win. And, you know, as much as, I, you know, and as far as a, as a top five draft pick goes, I was listening to the post-game show on Wonder Fire 3, The Fan, and I think it, it was Ari Temkin and the other dude, I'm not sure, who, uh, I forgot his name, but, you know, they take, as y'all know, if, if y'all listen to those post-game shows on Wonder Fire 3, The Fan, they take in calls from fans, and this guy said, well, I'm not worried about a top five draft pick because he mentions the fact that we got CeeDee Lamb in the draft pick at, 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 at the 16th spot. So he felt like, you know what, even top five players sometimes will be passed on. And, and then when, it, when you're at the 15th or 16th pick, they're still there. So I'm guessing he has a point. He, he certainly has a point. Now, obviously, Trevor Lawrence will not be there, obviously. But I guess the bottom line is, you know, he, he, he gave me some advice. Look, I get it. Having a top five draft pick is exciting. But you know what? At the same time, and I've said this before, tanking damages the reputation of the game. Tanking is not good. It makes the team look bad. And it makes the sport look bad. So at, this, at the bottom line, I guess what he's trying to say is, even if we don't have a top five draft pick, there's still going to be a player that the Cowboys need. And there's, still, there's definitely going to be a player that's very talented that's going to help the Cowboys in the future. So the bottom line is, a, w- a win is great. The Cowboys have earned it. And the Cowboys could still have a great draft pick when it's all said and done. So that wraps up the Cowboys and Vikings recap. Now I'm gonna go and get to a preview of this thir- of this Thursday's game, Thanksgiving against the Washington Football Team. Well, 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 well. And if if Josh Kirby, if you're listening to this, you might as well go ahead and t- and, and listen to my words very closely. The Cowboys are fucking mad right now at the Washington Football Team. I mean, they are still pissed from that hit on Andy Dalton. In any scenario, okay. The Cowboys and Washington, the Washington football team, they never like each other. No matter what the situation is, they're always going to find a way to humiliate each other. I mean, that's the rivalry, folks. Dallas and Washington is one of the most fiercest rivalries in the history of sports, although it's been kind of stale, stale in the last couple of years because there really hasn't been much bad blood until there was this hit on Andy Dalton. But this Thursday is going to be interesting. I expect Alex Smith to start for the Washington football team. I know that Washington. I know that Washington's passing defense, as good as it is, is gonna give the Cowboys a huge run for their money. But I expect Dallas to not allow th- Washington to ruin their Thanksgiving. Now I'm looking at this. Dal- the Washington secondary is the Washington defense is number one in the league in in yards allowed per game with one hundred with an average of one hundred ninety five yards. Well. Andy Dalton's really going to have to do a... He's really going to have to play hard in this game. Like like I said, the Cowboys can't allow Washington to ruin their Thanksgiving. We ha, we The Cowboys want to ruin theirs. Now, Washington is, is also coming in this game 3-7. and seven. Like I mentioned earlier, this particular game, the winner of this match is going to jump up to first place in the NFC East. Or NFC least. I, you know, I, keep, I keep forgetting that. 
But I believe that Dallas really has a shot. I mean, not particularly because this is at home, but because Dallas picked up a huge win against Minnesota. You know, with Minnesota with a tough offense, but although Minnesota's defense is, you know, honestly not very good. I mean, I kind of refuse to. Believe, I, I I don't. Feel, I feel like I have no right to say that because you know the Cowboys' defense is, you know, horrible. But it's going to be an interesting game now. You know, last time Dallas played Washington, you know, Dalton got got hurt, you know, got got hit hard, and you know, and unfortunately, you know, what erupts out to the wind is that none none of the players, you know, came to the defense, but you know, the player that hit him, you know, got fined. But I expect, I mean, that player, I mean, I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I'm sure he's probably going to be there. I'm sure he's going to be playing, but. This Cowboys offense, they're gonna have to keep an eye on on this guy, and you know this offensive line, they're they're gonna have to protect Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, you know, is is gonna have to be protected at all costs because you know any hit on Andy Dalton is gonna be a scary moment. So here are the keys to victory for Dallas: play effective on offense, both a, a balanced shift on the running game and the passing game. Okay. Now I'm looking at the. Rushing a defense for Washington, okay, and, and the Washington defense allows an average of 120 yards per game. So that being said, if Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott can both run the ball effectively, if they can both have at least 100 yards on the ground in this game, Dallas can wear out the Washington defense, and then Andy Dalton can, you know, have a couple of huge, great, spectacular passes. So that's the running game. The running game needs to be effective, but so does the passing game. Now, I'm not going to say Andy Dalton has to throw for 400 yards to win this game. If the running game is super effective, Andy Dalton can, you know, throw for, you know, 150 to 200 yards and have a great game. But Andy Dalton's definitely going to have to throw some touchdowns. If Andy Dalton can have another another three uh, touchdown game, the Cowboys are definitely going to win it. So that's the offense. So the offense needs to be effective. They need to score some points. Avoid penalties, avoid terrible mistakes. Just basically play some football, okay? Effective football. So offense needs to be effective. There's got to be a balance between the running game and the passing game. Everything needs to go right. Like no screw-ups, play football, play effective, like that. The defense, I'm going to go with the same thing I said for against the Vikings. Force some turnovers, make some stops. Sack the quarterback. Alex Smith is playing, y'all, and Alex Smith is a pretty is a pretty good quarterback. I mean, I'm I'm not just saying that because of the story, you know, you know him the the broken leg, the complications from the surgery, the long recovery. Alex Smith is a very good quarterback, and he he too can throw the ball. He can throw the ball. He can scramble. He can do just about it all. So we're gonna have to sack him. We're gonna have to force turnovers. We're gonna have to make stops. We cannot allow Washington to own us on offense. They we can't. The Cowboys can't afford the Washington football team to own them. Period. The Cowboys have to outplay them on both offense and defense, and even on special teams. The bottom line is, the Cowboys need to be the better football team. And that goes. And and that's very important. Be the better football team. Now, the last time, the last two encounters against the Washington football team on Thanksgiving, the Cowboys have gotten the win. There was that heart, you know, there was that 31-26 win in 2016, which was a 
great effort by both teams. And back during that time, Kirk Cousins was the quarterback for the Washington football team. He, in fact, had a great game that day, too. There was the encounter to, in 2018 when Colt McCoy, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time, was playing for the Washington, was starting for the Washington fo- football team. You know, he's had a couple of big plays here and there, but ultimately he got beaten up by the Cowboys defense, and Dallas picked up an amazing Thanksgiving win. Now, there's that memory from 2012, eight years ago that the Cowboys don't like to talk very much, the day that Robert Griffin III destroyed us. <laughs> so, I guess that, that that's what kind of keeps the rivalry a bit effective because they're both playing on Thanksgiving. You know, Dallas is hosting their arc fierce rivals on Thanksgiving. So that's fun. That's why the Cowboys can't allow Washington to win. They can't allow Washington to ruin their Thanksgiving. The Cowboys got to do the opposite. They got to ruin theirs. <laughs> but going to this game. Now, Washington is coming off a 20 to 9 win against Cincinnati, and again they took out the defense took out Joe Burrow, and from the reports is Joe Burrow quote tore up his knee, so I'm guessing that's a torn ACL. So, like I said, that's two quarterbacks that Washington's defense taken out because let me let me be perfectly honest, okay? The Washington football team has a ver- has a very decent defense, okay? The Washington football team, okay, they allow an average of 316 yards of total defense, while Dallas's allows an average of 386. So that being said, now in a sense, like people say, like when there's a cow- Cowboys in Washington, there's always a shootout. It's not always the case. I mean, that wasn't the case last time. Dallas lost 25-3, to just barely anything from offense. I mean, the, the only reason why the Cowboys got scored three points was because Tony Pollard had, had that amazing kickoff return. But, you know, now, now it's a different scenario. But the Cowboys, you know, Andy Dalton's back. The offensive line has slightly improved. The Cowboys have momentum. There's, there's, the, there's the huge difference Baker, right there, folks. The Cowboys have some momentum going in this game because they just picked up a huge upset against the Minnesota Vikings. A, a big win, I might say. I'll go like that. A big win. But with Washington's defense being pretty freaking good, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to do something about it. The Cowboys' offense is gonna have to do something about it. Okay. Now let me look at turnover differential. Dallas is a negative 12. I mean, before this game against Minnesota, they were the worst in the league. They're negative 13. But Dallas has jumped up a spot. But Washington is at negative 6 on turnover on turnover differential, okay? But now I'm, I'm, let's look at takeaways. All right. Now, takeaways. Obviously, Pittsburgh leads the league in takeaways. But like looking down, Washington has 11 turnovers, while Dallas only has 9. Not a big difference, but Dallas is gonna have to force some turnovers, and they're not they're gonna have to avoid committing the turnovers. And which brings me to giveaways. All right, the Dallas is second in the league in giveaways with 21. Denver is above them with 23, and then Philadelphia's right under them with 20. But just three spots down is what is Washington. Okay, Washington has 17 giveaways this season. So as far as turnover, the, as far as the turnover battle turnover battle goes, Dallas is gonna have to win it. But Dallas is gonna have to avoid committing the turnovers. They're gonna have to force them, but not commit them. Okay, that's how you win the turnover battle. So Dallas is gonna have to 
get some, you know, if they can sack Alex Smith, you know, get a, a sack strip fumble and then maybe return a touchdown for it, that's great. I don't care how they do it. Look, they got to force some turnovers and they got to score points off those turnovers. That's an amazing key to victory in the case that they get turnovers. Score points off turnovers. Go for the touchdown. Try to avoid field goals at all costs. We need to go for the six points when they're right there for us to take. Score some touchdowns, guys. So that's another. So now I'm done with key to victory. Okay. Now let me, let me be a little bit fair. Now, now for Washington to win, basically it's this. It's the same scenario. Sack the quarterback. Force fumbles. You know, own the team. Like be the better team. That's all of it in a, in a nutshell. Like out of everything I've said, all, all these particular keys to victory. For those, for these two teams, for the Washington Football Team and the Dallas Cowboys, the main key to victory, in a nutshell, be the better football team. And that's what they plan on trying to do. Dallas is going to try to is is going to want to be the better team. Washington wants to be the football team. I'm not going to say they're going to try to be, because the bottom line is, or the truth is, they want to be the better football team. And these two teams will stop at, at they will stop at nothing to outplay and, and beat the other and, and take a win over the other. I mean, they will fight tooth and nail. I mean, that's what they do. That's what Washington and Dallas does. They fight tooth and nail. They'll do whatever it takes to humiliate each other, to destroy each other. I mean, that's the rivalry right there. I mean, they're still trying to fight to keep the rivalry interesting. And what makes it interesting is they're playing on Thanksgiving, and Dallas's mission is to ruin Washington's Thanksgiving, while Washington's mission is to ruin Dallas's Thanksgiving. So, now that I'm done previewing the game between Dallas and the Washington football team, let me go ahead and give my final prediction for this game. Well, since Dallas is able, since I was wrong about Dallas against Minnesota, I feel like Dallas certainly has a shot of winning, winning this game. I'm going to say Dallas wins 38-31. I think the running game has about 150 yards on the ground. I think Andy Dalton throws for about 250 yards. And I think CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper both score a touchdown. I think Dallas wins, enjoys their Thanksgiving. And then Dallas is in first place in the NFC East. But I will have to give it... Well, I think Alex Smith is going to have a huge game on passing uh, on the passing game. I think he's probably going to get sacked three times. And I think... I think both these teams... I think this, this is going to be a losing... If whoever loses, it's going to be a losing effort. This is going to be a hard-fought win, and this is going to be exactly how the rivalry goes. The winner has to fight hard for the win. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for this week. I want to remind everybody that Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Everybody... Y'all be safe, and we'll see you next time.